Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome. So glad to have you here. Guys, we've had so many great entrepreneurs, investors, amazing people sharing their story. And what we wanted to do after 200, 230 plus episodes is we wanted to bring back some of the best pieces of advice and short clips to create a power-packed podcast where you can gain a ton of knowledge in a short amount of time. So what we've done here is we've created a greatest of episode, and we really hope that you enjoy us our little picking from the best things that we've heard in the Construct Your Life podcast. So enjoy. What people don't understand, and I'm going to ask you what y'all do, there's people that rent out the space, and then there's people that have the home and then rent out the home. So yeah. could you walk our listeners through the different dynamics and which one do y'all choose to do as a company? Yeah. Great question, man. Did you do your homework on this and prepare these questions? Or you just, no, just these, are, these are on the free stuff. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Um, so- for the benefit of listeners who might not know anything about a mobile home park, the, traditionally the basic economics of the business is we as the park owner own the land and the underlying infrastructure and the resident owns their own home. And they're a homeowner, but they pay us lot rent every month for the right to put their home on our piece of, on our lot. Mm-hmm. And what that creates is a really affordable form of home ownership, right? Where they don't have to buy the land underneath. They just own a home. And so it's affordable. Um, that is our model. That's the model we love. And the reason we love it is our tenants stay really long-term. Our typical tenancy is longer than 12 years Mm -hmm. Um, because the tenants are homeowners. They're invested in the community. They've got home equity. Um, And if they were to stop paying during COVID, for example, or in 08, 09, if they stop paying, they've got skin in the game. They've got something to lose, right? They're going to have to leave their home or sell their home or have their home repossessed if they don't pay for the lot rent. So our tenants are really bought in and we have, super consistent rent collections. Even during COVID, we're at 96% rent collections. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what you're alluding to is there are some operators who figured out if we as the park owner own the land and we own the home on top of it, we can rent it out and make more money, mm-hmm. right? Because maybe lot rent alone is 400 bucks, but if I rent out the home and the lot, I can rent it for 800 bucks or a thousand. Um, and that's true. You can make more money that way, more cash flow. But in my view, the cash flow is not as durable. It's not as consistent because at that point, you're basically operating a horizontal apartment building. Your tenants don't have skin in the game. They're not homeowners. They're not bought in. So you have higher turnover. Stories that they entry. told themselves that put them in their own box. That's, yep. the, that's the bigger thing. And I love this because we <laughs> – look, guys, if you want multifamily knowledge, go YouTube it or, or listen to a million <laughs> podcasts because half the time I get through my podcast, I'm like, did we even talk about real estate? Because this, <laughs> this conversation is so much more important because it's allowing – you as a human, right? And I'm reading a book right now that my coach recommended to me. I don't know how I just found it, but it's I, I'm recommending it to every human being. What you say when you talk to yourself. And it's basically talking about how to reprogram the subconscious brain and to remove the negative talk that you're having with yourself. So basically it's saying, if you want to quit smoking, you tell yourself, I'm not a smoker. And then over time, your subconscious when you put a cigarette in your hand goes, you're not a smoker. Why do you have a cigarette mm-hmm. in your hand? Get, this works with everything. And 
the fact that there's two mindsets you can have, it's as simple as this. You can either be a fixed mindset, which will get you nowhere, or you can be what I think me and you are, which is a growth mindset and understanding that I am in, I am in hot pursuit of the, of the newest and best version of myself every day when I wake up and Mm -hmm. what I bring to the table. And I would imagine you do too, because you're a hard guy to put their hand on exactly, you know, where you operate, but there's no, there's no judgment for me. There's no judgment for me Mm -hmm. on anything. Look, if you want to go and you want to get two single family residents and that gives you an extra 700 bucks a month and you love your job and you get to coach your kids, you know, and you get to be available for them, like, dude, like, yes, let's go. Mm -hmm. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm sure you run into that all the time in the multifamily space, you know, because everybody wants those those unit numbers. They want to get up to a thousand mm-hmm. and four thousand, right? And that maybe that's the case. And I think one of the guys that I love, and I don't know if you know him, but Bruce Peterson, you know, we have dinner from yeah. time to time here in Austin. Apartment guy. Yeah. And he's like, Austin, I could have four thousand units if I want. Like I love my life now. But that takes you have to know who you are to to sit in that, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 not get caught up in the unit count number, which happens in multifamily all the time. Definitely. And, and, and I want to touch on that in a second, but I want to go back to something mm-hmm. because this book that you're talking about, what you say when you talk to yourself, I, I haven't read it, but I want to touch on this because I think it's super critical. If you want to be successful, however you define that in life, it all really t- starts inside your brain because you're, you know, your mindset is the lens through which you see the world. Like reality, as you know, it is occurring inside this skull. And so how you perceive that is everything. And so like, I just want to talk about the neurobiology of this for a second, because mm-hmm. it's fascinating with this mm-hmm. idea. Like I, I used to coach um, youth climbers and one of our climbers is actually um, going on to the, the Olympics. It was supposed to be this year, but she's going to be there next year. And one of the things that we would always talk about is not coaching the negative and not reinforcing bad talk. So things like don't be afraid that's not helpful, right? That's Mm -hmm. coaching the negative. It's telling you what not to do, but it's not telling me what to do. And instead you're coaching, Hey, be courageous when you're up there and you're afraid because climbing, there's going to be a lot of situations where you're afraid. It's not a moment to try and shut out the fear. It's a moment to rise above and display courage. And so that's the skill that you're practicing here is being courageous. And what happens in the brain is really interesting. Whenever you have a thought, the first time you've ever had a thought, the, the neurons in your brain, they fire and they try to find the other neuron on the other side of the brain as you're making this thought for the first time. So it's kind of like you're driving across town to find your, this location. You're going to see a friend at their house, but you've never been there before. You just have some vague directions. And so you're kind of meandering. You're not taking the most efficient route. You finally get there, right? And now that you have that mental block of like where it is generally, those neurons, they found each other. It took a little bit to get there the first time, but now that they know where they are in relation to each other, every subsequent time that you have that thought, let's say that's, I'm a smoker. Every time you then have that thought, it gets easier and easier for those neurons to find each other. And what ends up happening is the brain then says, hey, this person's having this thought so frequently, we should probably do something about that to make it even more efficient because it must be an important thought. And so then what the brain does is it coats that neuronal pathway in what's called myelin sheath, which is like a fatty white substance, which acts like fiber optics. And now that thought is transferring across the brain at lightning speeds relative to what it was before all because you just kept reinforcing it over and over. And so you can undo that, but it becomes very difficult once you've instilled these negative self-talk. But you can you can encode these positive codes in the same way just by having it frequently. And it might feel like you're showing up and just, you know, faking it until you make it. But there's a lot of, you know, 
neuronal neurobiology science behind supporting why that actually does work. So saying, hey, I'm a grateful, exuberant, friendly person. Like even if you don't feel like you're very grateful or very outgoing or that you don't really want to be around people, but you tell yourself that enough times and your brain will start to light up those pathways. As you're making, and I think a lot of people are in this spot, as you're making money in business and in your, your career, there's, there, you know, we just who we are type A's get attracted to, you know, putting their money to work and other investments and stuff. And a lot of people do real estate. A lot of people do a bunch of different things. I'm curious kind of that path for you, where it started and, and, and just anything you've learned from kind of what businesses you've been involved in. So, uh, you know, I'll tell you uh, what I did. And, and again, doesn't make it right or wrong. I just tell you my, my story. I had my blinders on and I made a bunch of money in what I do. And I missed on a bunch of opportunities, a bunch of like, look, I had people calling, hey, you can take your money, make more money. I don't care. It's in the bank. So as long as it's in the bank and nobody robs a bank and it's FDIC, I didn't care. So I missed out on a lot of opportunities being so focused on what I was doing that I didn't want to distract myself for a minute to look at anything else. Do I want to flip a house? No. Do I want to invest in this? No. So it wasn't until after I had multiple seven figures already saved, then saved. In a bank account, not mm. in the stock market. Yeah. I had the fucking bank calling me going, dude, what are, you, <laughs> dude what are you doing? Like, who keeps in their checkbook what you got? You don't even I'm like, I don't care. Is it still there? I'm like, I'm not interested in that. I'm focused on. And then as I got to a point where my comfort level and what I was doing was there, and that took a decade and a half. Then I came up for air. Then I started looking around. And then I found, okay, I've, I've done so well in the people business that I know how to find great people that are great at what they do mm -hmm. and then bring them what is a very difficult thing to get, which is money. So ah. I have the money. That's the part that every, look, go try to get a loan from the bank. You know who gets loans from the bank? People don't need money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know who, who doesn't get a loan from the bank? Everybody that needs money. So, you know, the point that I'm making, then it was like, okay, let me get into an electric car business. Let me get into an Indian franchise. Let me go invest in real estate with some part. You know what I mean? But I didn't do that until I had packed the bank and I packed the bank doing one thing that I knew how to do till I went from good to great. So just, I'm just going to tell you, give everybody yeah. a lesson real quick, how we structure our businesses. So there's a book out there called Profit First. Guys, you know, you know who you're talking to. This is not the guy that wants to dive into tax codes and you know, money strategies, but I know enough to be dangerous. And what we've done is we've created a, a, a setup, a, a scenario where okay. the, the net profit of the company is invested twice before it ever actually touches our hand. So now you've created a dollar and you've now invested that dollar two times before it's ever been spent. So a percentage is off to Ryan to invest. A percentage is off over here in an account that makes more money because then when it's invested twice, then that money then buys a long-term asset that gives us money for the rest of our life. So you've now, you've now, your, 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 your $1 has turned into, you know, $10, right? And, and what people don't understand about central banking is the reason they want your money is because a bank takes a dollar and they can lend and get money lent to them 16 times off your fucking dollar. So when you deposit money in a bank account 
And let's just say Airbnb. We have north of $1 million to $2 million cash running through our account. It's not our money, but it's deposited from us. Guys, you got to learn how money works. When you learn how money works and you learn why it's working, then you can understand how the system works. But we don't teach financial education in America. We teach how to go to work and keep your fucking mouth shut. And you get what I'm saying? When you understand the game, then you can play it. But you you have to educate yourself by being around people that know more than you. If you're surrounded by the people who have the same thoughts of you, you're in the wrong circle. It's as simple as that. I mean, dude, I don't want to go party anymore. Dude, I, I want to go make money and I want to go change people's life. And I think it's funny, right? Because there's something so comforting about what you could do wholesaling. So why do you think that you're already on, not, not, not just you're moving off wholesale. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that you're on to the next part? Is it just that, is that now you're seeing like, okay, great. I can make money from this, but we've had this conversation with you and me, but now I want my time. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the, that's the switch, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you, like no matter what you do, you're, you're going to have to put, you know, some sort of effort into it. Right. You're not just going to wake up and have hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars just flowing in. Mm-hmm. Work has to be put in somewhere. Okay. For, yeah, go ahead. For me, like, I think of it as like maybe a hunter versus a farmer, right? Like a hunter wakes up every day and has to go like hunt for their next meal, right? Whereas a farmer can kind of like tend to their crops, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to like, I'm okay with being a hunter right now because I'm young. I got the energy. I can go and do it. I can run, 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 chase, 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 chase. Mm-hmm accumulate cash, accumulate cash. But eventually I want to be a farmer where I have a freaking massive farm of just, you know, crops that I'm tending to. Right. And those are the pro- whatever assets that you have. Like I like that model better than what I do the hunter model. And, and to me, I'm not trying to grow a wholesale business. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how I, I don't know. Hopefully that no, makes that's sense. perfect. And, and so if you're a young kid, let's say you've done a couple wholesales, you've got some cash, got some cash shaved up. What is your thoughts as you own both on starting off? Everybody has their opinion. Starting off single family or starting off small multifamily? Like, cause they're, you know, my holy pers- shit, holy shit. They're three, two. I can do that easily in a sixplex. You're like, Oh, I don't know about that. Like my personal opinion or your Just personal my, opinion. That's all you can do. I, I think that the scalability of multifamily is much easier. I really do. Um, but I still, I still like a good single family home. I do. Like, I think that there's going to be demand long-term for both. I think that you're going to see lots of opportunity for good amounts of equity in single family homes, especially as older people, pass away their families get the homes they don't want anything to do with them and they sell them for pennies on the dollar i think that if you're young and you don't have any money and you're you're knocking on doors and you can go get some single families like that super super cheap great get those properties parlay them into some multi-family and build some long-term wealth for both mm-hmm. i wouldn't get i would not i would not get too fixated on one or the other there's some people 
you know, anomaly, like, I don't know if you know David Tubin or not, but like mm-hmm. dude started in big multi, like 12, you know, 12 units, 12 units, boom, 96, right? Like you, you can scale much quicker, mm-hmm. but it's, it's in my opinion, all up to like what your appetite is. Mm-hmm. You could have a yeah. hundred unit apartment building that you have 10% equity in, or you could have a single family home that you have hundred percent equity. And those could be worth your equity shares could be worth the exact same in both. So mm-hmm. I would say don't pass up a good opportunity when you see one, because I fell victim to that. Like my ego, we talk about ego. I was like in the sense of, I need this many doors. And I passed up on single family deals that could have been probably pretty good, you know, cash flowing. What is it? What is it like to be, I mean, I lost a bunch of money last year for the first time in real estate and you know, whatever it's not nothing, 500,000, but uh, 25 grand, something like that. But um, what is it like to be in those conversations to have the discipline mm-hmm. to see the bigger picture? Because I, I really don't think there's a lot of people that would walk away from 500 grand. I mean, no. That is- so it's a little tough for me because I'm not a partner yeah. at Toro. Yeah. So I didn't lose $500,000, but I did lose out on, you know, income because I get, you know, I get paid both a small base salary and commission for when we buy deals and when we sell deals, assuming when we sell, we make money um, and the company makes money. Um, so, you know, I didn't really get hurt besides, you know, not closing on all six deals. We only closed on three of the six cause we mm-hmm. walked on those two and walked on the one in Florida. Um, but watching it, I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, you're talking about losing a significant chunk of change um, on the idea that, Hey, this is just the, this is just the right call. Like this is the right thing to do. Um, no, it's definitely hard. I can speak a little bit better to, um, when, after we bought that 82 unit deal in Jacksonville, Florida, which was not a Toro deal, it was a general partnership deal. We were actually going to buy another 86 unit in Jacksonville as well that I was going to be a part of the general partnership of that we walked on right before due diligence. Um, we didn't lose our deposit, but you know, people don't realize just because you don't lose your deposit doesn't mean you don't lose money. We lost mm-hmm. about between the four of us or five of us. I think again, like 30, 35 grand or something like that between legal accounting, travel lender, uh, et cetera. Um, and that, you know, it's not easy to walk away from deal and it's even tougher now because that deal crushed it after we walked because we know the person who bought it, our managers managing it for him. And they were thinking about selling it prior to this, but we looked at, we got hold of the financials when they were thinking about selling it. And I mean, they're cash falling like a motherfucker, like mm-hmm. it's crazy. So, um, I can talk more to that, but yeah, I mean, for five, I mean, it was, it's the same conversation. It's just, you know, what, what resources do you have? So if you don't have, you know, several million dollars, $500,000 sounds like a lot. Um, but it, yeah, it's not easy. It's really just, what do you value more? You know, do you value, closing the deal and not losing money and maybe not making the best decision? Or do you take a step back and say, yeah, this is going to hurt today, but we can survive it. And this is the right decision, not only for our own money, but for other people's money as well that we're raising. So um, yeah, I mean, that was an interesting period to be a part of. It definitely hurt our ability to do as much business as we could in the short term, because obviously ton of loss revenue. Um, but you know, we're still here, we're still kicking. So it is what it is. Guys, we just wanted to make this episode to thank 
each and every one of those amazing guests that we've had on that have come in to share their story and share their insights and their knowledge with everything that they brought to the podcast. And it's their stories and their gifts and their times that they're spending that uh, create this amazing podcast that we have. And we thank you listeners for listening to each and every one of you. And if you haven't gone and gave us a review, drop a review, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel so we can continue to share this amazing message that you're trying to construct a life that is yours and yours alone. So thank you, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.